Yo, Perry Shorfords and Retrogrades. There's breaking news, and I've been waiting for, for a little while, called Scandal. And it's Scandal that's not new to the Francis Pontificate. It's not new to the number two in charge of the church doctrinally, uh, Cardinal Victor Fernandez, uh, Tucho Victor Fernandez. We call, we'll call him Tucho from now on, you'll see why. But it is new in terms of its degree of scandal. It surfaced, it, it surfaced that in this second week of January, Cardinal Tucho had published a book in 1998 called The Mystical Passion. This book contains images that are prawn, and nothing short of prawn, and even in one encounter in chapter 6, a semi-fictitious child prawn encounter. This is deadly serious. I remember when uh, Matt Frad had Dennis Prager on the show, and Dennis Prager defended encounters like this. Uh, uh, of of nothing short of prawn with underage people. And he said, look, it's fictitious, so it doesn't matter. Well, in Cardinal Tucho's book, yes, this is strange to be articulating that this is the doctrinal chief of the Holy Office, the number two in the church, the guy who even before he was number two in the church was number two in the church because he's Francis's ghostwriter. He wrote Amoris Laetitia, The Joy of Sex. <laughs> it's chapter 6, chapter 7, chapter 8, and chapter 9 are really, really bad in The Mystical Passion. It was originally published in Mexico. Cardinal Tucho Fernandez, three years after he writes the perverted book, Heal Me With Your Mouth. I want to bring you folks back, less than a year now, to the elevation of Cardinal Tucho. He joked to Francis, it was reported widely, that when these arch-conservatives in America went nuts over the perverted book about deep kissing that Tucho said was really like a catechesis for teens who aren't married. He's suggesting sexual activity outside of marriage, deep kissing for teens. The joke went like this, well, Francis... They're both from Buenos Aires, by the way. <laughs> uh, good thing they didn't find my other books. Cardinal Tucho, they've found one of your other books. The Mystical Passion, published three years after 1995's Heal Me With Your Mouth, is originally published in Mexico. Um, it describes the mystical orgasm, which, you know, remember... Some of these dweeby, yet holy, dweeby yet holy theologians of the past, when they're describing mystical experiences with God, they write like this. And it's not something that makes it much to the popular annals of Catholic theology, like Twitter. <laughs> but there is perverted stuff about mystical experiences with God that even great saints have written. This is utterly unlike that. It, it, it claims to describe the mystical orgasm, describes much, much more stuff. I don't even know what I can say in this video today, for the show today. 
It was found on January the 8th by Caminante Wanderer, who is a um, Catholic reporter out of Argentina. And I'm not sure, they're they're conservative-ish, but I'm not sure how far to the right they are. They're They're just doing their job as a reporter. Look, this is a pure scandal. Child prawn found, underaged prawn found in a book by a churchman. Given all the church's scandals with uh, that sin, the the Theodore McCarrick sin, uh, the bothering, molestare of young people, this is a big deal that the doctrinal chief has published a book, not the same thing as him doing it, it's actually worse in some ways, given that he's the Holy Office teacher. Maybe not a worse sin for him, still a really bad sin, but it means so much. A little bit after this time of the year, last year, Francis starts looking for a replacement for the Holy Office. He has to replace, the real replacement he wanted to make was Heiner Wilmer the lead advocate for LMNOP in the Catholic world, the German world and the Catholic world, Heiner Wilmer. He tries that twice, late last December, then January. He comes up with Cardinal Tacho Fernandez, who's, it's surprising if he wasn't his choice all along, because this guy wrote several of the documents. He wrote The Joy of Sex, Amoris Laetitia, um, which came out in April of 2016, only about 20 years after he'd written Heal Me With Your Mouth, what he called a teen's catechetical guide to pre-sexual acts and deep kissing. What does that mean? 1998, he wrote this new book that we're talking about today, The Mystical Passion, and published it in Mexico, where all beautiful artworks are first published. <laughs> the, 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 the shittiest of all third world countries. And he he's ghost-authored a bunch of Francis's other texts. He is from Buenos Aires with Francis. They've known each other a long, 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 long time. Francis knows about everything, um, all things Tacho. And, of course, they could share a laugh. It's not even the full 11 months ago to seven months ago when he finally found the replacement for the replacement for the Holy Office. Tacho Fernandez for Heiner Wilmer. Surprising he wasn't the first choice. Passed over, right? Always the bridesmaid, Cardinal Tacho. Never the bride. You queens. <laughs> um, but then, so he elevates Tacho Fernandez to CDF and the relatively well-known Heal Me With Your Mouth, which does not appear on Vatican lists of his publications for some reason. He makes a joke, widely reported, to Francis, oh man, if they only knew about my other book. My other books have much more child prawn than this one. Or at least some encounters. Uh, 16-year-old girl and Jesus, folks, is what we're talking about here. We are through the looking glass. And for, what does Francis do? Francis doesn't say, what are you talking about, man? I don't, I don't know what you mean. He's, he just laughs. He guffaws. Everything's a big yuck to Francis. And yes, 
didn't everything is really a big yuck to Francis. It's a disgusting, vile, hard scrabble time in the church with such a, um, I've, I've said it before, Pope Francis and his band of perverts, Pope Francis and his band of miscreants. There's no other way to describe what we're living through. There's no way. Now, a couple, uh, beside the chapter six um, sexual encounter between the, the, this little girl, this underage girl and Jesus, which is described, I, I read part of it. I didn't read all of it. I'm not sure at what point this even becomes uh, proximate material cooperation. I don't know. Just reading it to report it, you can't do it. Everyone that I've seen, Michael Haynes, Diane Montagna, Edward Penton, everyone's like, look, I can't even get all the way through this. Christine Niles, it's filthy. It is a book of um, Prano. You know what that is. And all, all the uh, people out of touch are like, what's up? Um, what's up? Well, what's up is we can't even say the words. This isn't like when Francis busts out a, a multisyllabic word that's filthy, like a, like a coprophilia or coprophagia. And you just say, well, this means eating feces or making love to feces. But that latter one is making more sense now. I, I, I mean, what we really need to do is to reverse our approach, by the way, to Francis and his band of miscreants. Instead of saying, well, we heard Francis was a bouncer at a nightclub, and there were rumors that it was a, there were rumors, unconfirmed, that it was an LMNOP nightclub that he bounced at when he was young. First off, he's not a, he's not a big, strong guy. That's, what, what are the size of human beings in Buenos Aires? But if he, if he bounced at any nightclub, you know this is not a place where one absorbs good things, right? When I was mostly out of the church as a young man um, playing nightclubs across the American South and a rock band, it's, it's, a, it's dirty. You're out late. You see filthy things, even if you're... As a guy, literally, I've never smoked Mary Jane once in my life never did any any kind of drugs when I was in a band I didn't even drink and I was uh I was somebody that that observed base the natural law rules of the faith even though I I wasn't observing other rules of I was out of the church for all intents and purposes but played in the band saw unwholesome stuff that's without it being like an LMNOP nightclub, if if that's what it was. But even if not, remember who Francis is. When I attended later in my life, decades later, the Pontifical Gregorian University, where lots of these guys have, have been in and out from, the, the, the first Jesuit university in the world, I was studying in Rome, I was studying the Benedict Pontificate, a vastly different feel than... I had a uh, Peruvian priest colleague, and we would, Steph and I would always cook for priests from all around the world for dinner. Steph would cook, and I would eat the food next to them at my table. He said, look, man, you have to understand all South American priests. Like He said, he said all. 
all of them have a significant other. Yeah, you know, in in South America we pride ourselves that it's usually a girlfriend, not a not a boyfriend. But this is just the way the South American church is. And I was like, oh, I know you guys are like fourth world country. <laughs> you know, this is you know, you go down in the numeral there, first, second, third, fourth world country, and in back in those days. Before LMNOP was firing on all four cylinders in America yet, it was like the first world didn't lead in exporting smut. It was like a fourth world country, like a lot of the South American countries. Some of them are actually quite rich, but but um, Argentina's not. Peru is not. You know, of course, this doesn't surprise me. You lead the world in third world ethics as well, which are not good. We've kind of reversed our paradigm since then. We associate first world ethics at this point in the church with the African bishops who have um, joined and, and, and conglomerated opponents to Francis's smut program. The program of, uh, well, the mystical passion, which does sum up Francis's whole pontificate. Now we have French bishops who have uh, joined the fray. The Washington Post is now like, what's going on with the blessing of SS unions? This doesn't make any sense. Why are you confusing your own people? It's the mystical passion. In, uh, I think it's chapter seven of that book, might be eight, um, Tacho Fernandez the new doctrinal chief, by the way, as it relates to the other big news of the last three weeks, says the grace of God doesn't make homo sapiens necessarily non-homo sapiens, even when they're praying for the grace. They'll still remain that way. And God can give, God can, he, does he use the B word? Bless even sin. Now, it, it's a translation and that's a, ru- a very rough translation, but I believe it's in chapter 8 of the mystical passion. He says a lot that's outright prawn. Okay, it's a book of prano. But I'm, I'm grateful to have found that line, that the grace of God doesn't make homo sapiens not be homo, homo sapien anymore. That's not how the grace of God works. And the grace of God can even touch, no pun intended, a rough translation, sin. Which is, of course, blatantly heretical. The grace of God cannot touch sin. And the grace of God can, is a matter of plain Catholic theological fact, the grace of God can convert the heart of sinners. So, you know, this is anathematized in like four places of the Council of Trent, where it says, oh, the grace of God isn't sufficient. If someone says the grace of God isn't sufficient to convert someone fully from their wicked habit, let him be anathema. And that's that's expressed like three or four times. Well, so this is the closest thing I found in my morning scannings to a doctrinal heresy. There's not a lot of that, which you're not used to hearing me say. There's there's lots of doctrinal heresy in in everything else. Tacho Fernandez touches with his mouth or his pen. But but in this document, it's mainly just um, mortal sin to, to write, to have written it, 
I mean, these are very, very explicit sexual encounters. Not exactly sure how to do this show. Um, but, yeah. Um, I will just say, this doctrinal point, he says, he addresses the issue of S that, that will become relevant, whatever it is. 25 years later, after he writes The Mystical Passion, in December, on December 17th, 2023, what do you think is being blessed here in the ancient sin of Sado? What do you think is being blessed? Well, in The Mystical Passion, the key line is, and I, I'm sorry, I'm not reading it chapter and verse. I only have the chapter. And um, the translation's really rough. But very loosely translated, it says, the grace of God doesn't make homo sapiens non-homo sapien anymore. That's not how it works. In fact, God's grace can touch even the sin. Pure moral theological heresy. In chapter 6 now, it's... Um, uh, an explicit encounter that is nothing short of of kid kid prawn uh, would would be, would count as that in America because a six an underage girl sixteen year old girl and a uh, she is the one initiating and he's describing it in great detail a sexual encounter she has with our Lord. So, remember, this is a man, Michael Lofton, the, the white, the Caucasian rapper, says should be now our next pope. Gee, this is a man that Michael Lofton says should be our next pope. He said that before this second book of perverted sexual catechesis was found. There are... By Tacho's own words, there are more books like this. He is, in traditional parlance, a sex fiend. And in the, the what is it now, almost three-week-long wake of the December 17th uh, blessing of SS couples fallout, the, the, I think the the best overall reportage on this has come from Anthony Stein and uh, uh, at at his website. I just I've been watching these every day. He does a show. I'm like tempted. To, oh, that's a good point. I should go make. You don't need to hear it twice. And again, my whole thing doing this whatever you call it. It's not journalism. It's commentary. It's, a lot of it's not what I studied. I studied. Thomistic philosophy very deeply in the U.S. Constitution very deeply. The Aristotomist philosophy. Aristotle in some places, uh, deeper, profounder study than Thomas. And I'm a licentiate to teach at Catholic universities and seminaries. And, and I have a JD and it's pretty much all in constitutional law because I never intended to practice. So I have this very particular set of skills, as Liam Neeson says. And it's it's analyzing texts. 
those skills fall short when it comes to a world that's so bizarre that it's you don't need nuance. I mean, I can show you how a textualist analysis of Vatican II documents betrays wicked, wicked intent, but but textually sound construction. But that doesn't apply to Francis. And we ought to basically suspect all of the Vatican II event anyway. I can show you on a textual basis from deep, deep studies of really, really problematic clauses in our Constitution and even using some analytic philosophy of language. I can, I can tell you, look, I can thread that needle. This is why we should feel okay. But when it just comes to there's this fourth world pope, so smutty. I'm going to say smutty. This is, we're talking about Bergoglio who became Francis. So smutty that the greatest perverts in the church from Northern Europe identified in the middle 90s. This is the only guy that can fill in for Cardinal Martini, the kind of pervert in chief in the church. Theological pervert and, and, and you know, all of his friends are, are actual sex perverts. Like McCarrick and, and Tacho and, and um, you know. Yeah, Rupnik. Then you have to take pause. You have to take pause and say, the world has turned and it's so perverted. And Catholics, not the people watching this show, not the people watching Anthony Stein's podcasts or most of the trad podcasts are, are, have been pretty solid on this. But even a, a lot of the folks watching what, what are not designable as like far left podcasts, just mainstream Catholic world, even here in right wing Catholic America, has gotten so used to um, covering for a genuine subversive in the chair of Peter and just say, look, I guess this is just what we do now. What the Protestants said we did all along. And, and all of us were like, no, we don't, we don't worship the Pope, man. He's he's the he's the chief bishop. Yes, he has a universal jurisdiction, but he's exercised it like twice. Some say only twice. He's basically chief bishop. And if he exercises the universal jurisdiction, the other bishops have to do what he says. And that's a pretty accurate description of the Roman Catholic pontificate, the pontificate of the one true faith. But when you get a wicked man with power, he's using it as much as our detractors, the Protestants, say he is. And that has involved running through doctrinal chiefs. First Cardinal Miller, who does pretty strongly insinuate Francis is a formal heretic. Cardinal Miller is what I would call perfectly center of the road. If you look at his theological career, I would not typify Cardinal Mueller, the inherited CDF of Francis, as any kind of conservative. He's not, he's not a liberal either. He's perfectly center. He's now like, look, and he's more knowledgeable than the guy who, who took his job, his successor, Cardinal Ladaria, or his successor's successor, Tacho, who we're going to get back to in a second. And he says Francis Francis was a formal heretic with the joy of sex document, Amoris Laetitia. Amoris Laetitia, call it the joy of sex, because that's what it is. 
The Joy of Adulterous Sex. That, that document is all about chapter 8. It's formal heresy. And then Cardinal Ladaria comes in because Francis got mad because Mueller's too conservative. This perfect centrist is too conservative. Ladaria got fired because he was, was really cementing the notion that SS unions are no, no goonsies. You can't do it. March 2021 20, document. Francis is enraged about this, that, that uh, Ladaria dropped it on him at the last minute. His pontifical signature does appear on the document, but he's like, look, I'm here to make a mess, and it is through sex. I'm just giving you the context now. Pope Francis said that the goal of the pontificate was to make a mess. And he has done it through a disruption of Catholic sex teaching. So when Ladaria gets replaced, in starts being replaced last December, like 13 months ago, and the process takes half a year basically, because Francis knows he wants the third guy to be a legitimate representative of his program of his pontifical program of sexual messmaking sexual make a mess of the act and the category of sex. First, he puts up the leader of the German Synodal Way, whose raison d'etre is to, the reason for being of the German Synodal Way was to get couples who were SS to be able to be blessed. Did you know that in 2019? Okay, well, they, they throw a fit. They pitch a fit. A little, a little hissy fit. Um, even the liberal cardinals don't like Heiner Wilmer. So he ends up making his third choice, the one that accurately represents the pontifical plan, which has been all he's really worked on, making a mess through sex teaching. This is utterly unprecedented. Pope Francis's plan for the pontificate has been to make a mess, his own words, and it's been through sex teaching. Cardinal Walter Brandmiller in the second year of the pontificate said it would be first by the, the christening of adultery, communion for divorce and civilly remarried, that is. Then it would be female deacons. That's in the offing right now. Remember Francis's January the 1st homiletics? It's coming. Anthony Stein says, I think it's Anthony Stein citing his wife who had a, a good notion. What's the next minor Marian feast day in the church? It might be February. He's going to announce something, a much bigger step that way. Female deacons. Third goal, according to Walter Brandmiller, priestly celibacy gone in the West. Do you see how this is all sex? These guys are sex fiends. Fourth goal, uh, Fourth goal is like intercommunion with, with uh, the Lutherans, which, uh, which Cardinal Brandmuller says should, we should expect down the pike as well. There's always a surprise element. He hasn't talked much about that. So the plan has been to make a mess. He had to burn through two doctrinal chiefs, Mueller and then Ladaria, who were pretty, pretty standard not pretty standard, right down the center, non-heretics. Mueller's pretty smart, was known for being 
Benedict's CDF and, and, and quite sharp. Ladaria is pretty average, but Ladaria is like, you can't do this. You can't bless SS unions. We shouldn't be this aggressive against um, the traditional Latin mass, the TLM. Allegedly, Ladaria was mad that Francis was taking such aggressive, hateful action against the CDF. But the main thing, aside from thumbing the eyes of true Catholics, which is all I can see Francis doing as an even ancillary project in this pontificate, is just shit talk. Talk shit and try to upset, disturb, disrupt the calm of true Catholics. I, I wouldn't even say traditionalists, because he doesn't like folks like Archbishop Chaput. Of Philadelphia, that that guy's not a traditionalist. He's not even very conservative. But he he likes to disrupt anyone to the right of center, especially traditionalists, because they tend to be more to the right of center than anyone else. So that's a kind of a side project, just kind of spit in the eye. I mean, none of this is holy. Uh, that all goes without saying. But Francis's project has been to disrupt, 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 subvert, subvert, subvert. And then you look at the plan, and it's all sex-based. It's literally to make a mess in the church, and it's all sex-based. So his third doctrinal chief, whether it was Heiner Wilmer, the leader of the German Synodal Way, who he put up for, for doctrinal chief first, the ones that really, their main goal was getting SS blessings. Did you know that? Well, he got Cardinal Tucho to do it anyway. And then Cardinal Tucho comes in and is making jokes his first day about lots of things. They had, they yucked it up a lot, Francis and, and Tucho that day. They, they're, they're laughing at Ladaria, you know, because Francis is like, Ladaria's orthodox, you're heterodox. I'm giving you his job. You now get to go kind of fire him. We're going to bar Ladaria from the Synod on Synodality in October. You're taking his job. He was just scolding Heiner Wilmer a couple of months ago. And, you know, I couldn't get Heiner Wilmer for reasons. We still don't know why Francis backed down. He's not known for backing down. These subversives, they, they have real pluck. But, okay, you're going to take his job. You're going to now wield the power over him the heretic over the orthodox prelate. And we're also laughing about the fact that it's kind of good, heal me with your mouth, the art of kissing, deep kissing, sexual kissing. Like, it's not licit to do the kind of kissing he describes in the art of kissing unless you're a married person. He says it's a catechesis for teens. And there are so many gross lines in that. Um, I, don't, I didn't want to do a gross line reading show. That's not really my thing. I start smiling. I start cracking jokes because I feel awkward. I read a bunch of them this morning and they're gross. Well, yeah. you read them from the sex book, yeah. The Mystical Passion. Yeah. That book is all about the big O. Now, I'm trying to keep the, I just don't like that stuff. I know you guys, as a prudential matter, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of Catholics in my audience probably probably don't cuss as much as me, but I don't I don't like sex talk more than you guys. That's where I'm kind of a Boy Scout like you. You guys don't like, you know, the big game or whatever, talking smack. 
Okay, we're just different that way. That's fine. We don't have to be mirror images of each other. But there is a non-prudential hardline distinction involved by what we can say, write, or read. Consume or produce, that is, by written or oral way, about sex specifically. And that's where I'm pretty, I'm pretty Boy Scouty, even though that's not, you know, the, the pearl clutchy association most people have with this channel. I'm pretty, pretty strict on that because it's too easy to sin. So I didn't know how to do this show. I don't think, I don't think a lot of people, you know, Anthony Abate said, I don't, I don't really know how to cover this. Anthony Stein, I don't think knows exactly how much to read. Christine Niles even was saying, I don't know what to say. Uh, Montagna, Penton, Michael Haynes, seasoned Vatican reporters don't know what to say. I mean, look, I could read Damian Thompson. Go up to that tweet real quick, please. There's someone did like a bullet point list. And this wasn't even the worst part. Yeah, these these are like mediocre. Yeah. If we're rating the the sexiness of the tweet, the, the illicitness, these are like C pluses according to some of the other stuff I was seeing. And I don't even think I'm going to read that from the perspective of participation in sin. For me to read and think about, you to hear and think about, YouTube. We'll kick us right off. Just know that in chapter 6, there is child prawn. There's also a description by an Egyptian theologian that is outright filthy. Like, filthy. People are calling the Pope splainers prawn splainers right now. That's good. That's good. That's that's what it is. So, this is, this is, you're not, look. Trad, I've run into this with trad Catholics, okay? They, they'll call like a woman in a Western one-piece bathing suit that's not particularly scandalous, but it's, it's kind of a scandalous concept, but it's sensible by Western standards, which do go into our accounts of judging, according to Thomas. They'll call that prawn. It's like, all right, no one's going to take you seriously. I'm not exaggerating here. Chapter 6 has a literal sex encounter with an underage little girl and Jesus. It's illegal. This is Matt Frad debating Dennis Prager on the merits of fictitious spoken or written child prawn. It is. And all Catholics like jumped all over Dennis Prager as they should have. And I'm hearing, I think a lot of those Catholics kind of trying to defend this thing. And that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. But that's what I'm saying. You shouldn't expect a lot of sense to be made. I don't have the ability to go through and approve. Like when, when reading Tacho Fernandez's work, is a QED when reading what he said is like a prosecuting attorney. You're like, look, you just read it, jury. At least they can read the stuff in in the trial to the jury and, and not have to censor themselves, which I can't do here. I don't have that luxury. But you pretty much want to end your argument and just say, you know what to do. Like, this guy needs to go. And by this guy, obviously, I do mean Tacho. But you know who else I mean. His Buenos Aires 
smutty friend, Pope Francis. The one who taught us there's such a thing as coprophilia. The, I, I don't, I mean, look it up. Most people, it's such a long word. Most people won't know what it is, but that's odd that a sitting pontiff would know that word. And I, again, I'm not usually considered, I'm usually considered, if I'm a trad at all, if I'm called a trad at all, I'm probably the least pearl cluttering. Most people will be like, well, yeah. A pontiff ought, ought not to even know that word. Even when me, with a partly misspent wayward youth, sin, sinful youth, I had no clue what coprophilia was. This is something that is known about in one demographical underworld only, the LMNOP underworld. I'm not saying that's the only possible place to pick it up. That's far and away the likeliest place to pick it up. If you're a bouncer at a smutty nightclub, let's say an LMNOP nightclub, that research needs to be done. Did you hear that? I was seeing some reports, I don't know if this is confirmed or not, that the book was not intended to be leaked it was they were trying to hand it to cardinals um to be basically i don't know destroyed or to be dealt with privately and then somebody leaked it from there if they're trying to hand it to cardinals it means they're trying to take action and and trust me we're we're witnessing the counter-revolution not because these cardinals are so fighting trim they're not we are witnessing, before our very eyes, a counter-revolutionary by a bunch of hesitant, middle-of-the-road revolutionaries. Fat and complacent in most other times. Do you understand the implications of that? The, the, the Catholic, Roman Catholic Cardinalate, many of whom are only cardinals because Francis, insofar as Francis made them cardinals. If this pontificate ends up being deposed or being deposed with retroactivity, many of the cardinals I'm about to call anti-Francis now aren't even cardinals. And that's a real possibility that these, these Benny Plenis were, were on to, had been on to something all along. I don't know. But, I mean, you're a fool if you don't think... This is just through the looking glass, undefined categories, cats and dogs living together like nothing's defined. But a bunch of these cardinals, who, if they are cardinals at all, if Francis is Pope at all, were made so by him and are still, we're talking about South American cardinals who are rejecting the December the 17th teaching on SS unions. We're talking French bishops saying, this guy's out of his mind. The Hatter is mad. We're talking um, beside the South Americans. Well, the Argentines don't like Francis, which is why he's we've done, made reference to this in other shows, why he'll never go back to Argentina. He basically was run out of there on a rail is the implication. But other South Americans do like him. French like him. Some of the Western Europeans like him. Some of the English like him. But he is being rejected all around. So if this, this Tacho Fernandez book, The Mystical Passion published in 1998 in Mexico, that we're talking about here today, was in fact being circulated among the cardinalate, that would be a good thing. That would mean, you know, maybe they're finally taking action, deposing not only this doctrinal chief, 
hopefully the doctrinal chief plus his smutty boss and we can get back to business. I mean, this is, I don't have to say it, beyond embarrassing. I mean, like, look, any organization that's large enough will have sex scandals. That's a fact. The fact that the, like there's a the corporate human organizing principle to the Roman Catholic Church and a, a divine one does not rescue it, does not cure it of occasional sex, harassment, molestation scandals. It's sad but true. This side of the eschaton. That's really, it's really, really bad when this stuff has crept up over the last, since Vatican II, every 20 years, we have a major sex scandal and a bunch of little ones every year that just get picked up by the popular media every two decades. That's bad. This is not like that at all. This is infinitely worse. When people say sex scandals invalidate the church the way a lot of Protestants do, that's just the Gandhi protocol. That's just holding the church to an impossible standard. And yes, I know a bunch of these priests um, put not from the green. <laughs> I know a lot of these priests are, you know, a high volume of them are homo sapiens. And that does boost the numbers right up. So I'm not, I'm not covering for it. We do have higher numbers than most other organizations. I'm just saying, okay, higher numbers doesn't mean all these organizations have sex scandals. But when your doctrinal chief and his boss, your number one, the Pope, are laughing about, like, we published a book about a little girl having sex with Jesus, or at least I only saw the beginning of sexual encounter with Jesus. It's Luciferian. It's got to be anti, like, the fact that we're not talking about the new conclave to depose Francis and his people have already begun. Proves that the shark has been jumped. But again, the relevant part of this thing, um, the most relevant part for the news cycle of the last three weeks, the SS Union's blessing, put forward by Tacho Fernandez is the, this roughly, very roughly translated line. The grace of God doesn't make homo sapiens into non-homo sapiens. God can touch even sin. That, that is, um, that's heretical. That is the position that Tacho was saying he did not endorse in fiducia supplicants. That's the position he did not endorse according to his own characterization of his document, Fiducia Supplicants. He's saying, well, of course I'm not endorsing that because that position is prima facie heresy. And he says it in, I think, chapter eight of The Mystical Passion. And there are other works like this besides. And he joked with Francis the day or the second day of his elevation to the Holy Office, before he'd even been made a cardinal at that consistory that made him a cardinal, he got elevated. After he'd worked with Francis this whole time, he joked with his new boss about, well, imagine if they found my other books. You think my book on, on French kissing is bad. 
Well, what what if you find my other books? Are, are you, have you found any other lines we can read in this thing? There's so many. Uh, I, I didn't even know where really to... really the most graphic ones are making the rounds right now. I know that John Henry Weston has a video on uh, Twitter from LifeSite where I believe he does read some of the more graphic, um, the graphic lines. I did myself read the paragraph with a 16-year-old girl. It basically involved, from, as far as I got, it got to where she's like, imagining kissing Jesus and describing parts of his body it, it, it's 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 disgusting yeah there's I don't think anybody with a brain in their skull is going to be able to get around this one I, I see some people online some Pope's planners saying things like oh well the Catholic Church deals with marital sex we've written about this before but it th this is clearly very different anytime that the church has writings about catholic marital sex it's things that you could say in a room of mixed adults and nobody's blushing this is not that this is very graphic well and but more than that it's not just about marital sex yeah no so that's that's yeah. a lie yeah the 16 year old girl her vision or whatever of christ that's being described in chapter six is just totally bizarre there, there's lots of stuff being reported early, we've seen a little bit of it on um, on Homo sapien relations yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. Like more affirmative, morally, uh, more confirmatory of the lyseity of staying together than fiducia supplicants could intone, right? Saying specifically, grace of God doesn't make them have to be not what they quote unquote are homo sapien and that uh god's grace can touch even sin this is this is heresy so there it, it, it that proves the document's not about marital sex this is not called marital sex mm -hmm. i'm just saying i'm seeing the book also deals with self-abuse in in several places um yeah lots lots of uh, disgusting descriptions of male o female o what it looks like, the organ itself during the male O, the female I like I I'm just it's very it, yeah it, it's, it's so graphic it's, anatomical descriptions that are gratuitous and unnecessary. We're not talking about even just where particular where, yeah. what what regions of the human reproductive system is particularly vascular, like within the reproductive area. Yeah, um, it's it's, it's, it's beyond the pale. It's beyond the pale. So don't I don't I don't think it's going to matter much. The only thing that'll render the competing commentaries on stupid social media accounts moot will be if, you know, Tacho gets tossed out on his ear. And that that's definitely in the cards here. Because that's just one of these questions where it depends what does Washington Post do? Who who took who has taken in the last three days an interesting equipoise with regard to fiducia supplicants? Washington Compost has been saying things like, "Why are you confusing your own people? This is outrageous." I don't know why. I don't know if that was just an op-ed that was standalone, or if this is the Washington Post's entire editorial position. But I've been surprised pleasantly. Now, I don't think it will require even a pleasant surprise to get to a point where um, 
there there's a there's a popular call for uh Tatsu to be removed, disgracefully removed, and I, I, I expect that that's a good very, very good possibility. But if the mainstream media skips it and the Vatican has said they're gonna try to not talk about this, they said the same thing about fiducia supplicants and they they gave clarification after clarification after clarification the next day because pressure always will crack a silence. You think silence is stronger than pressure? Only with weak pressure. With strong pressure, the, the group's like, I've already spoken. I'm not going to talk about this anymore. They'll always, you always get them to talk about it more. What do you say to people, a lot of people in chat saying they didn't do anything they, uh, about Rupnik or, you know, McCarrick? Why... Is this going to make a difference? Because a lot of people are, you know, noting the Vatican doesn't seem to really care very much about these sorts of scandals with the people that they're surrounded. Well, McCarrick's by. a little, a little different. Set that aside. Rupnik's not. He's 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 a, a criminal, right? But he's not what you think he is. I, I never jumped on the Rupnik. He's just a criminal. The criminals largely run the church now, so. It's too hard to pick up. I, I don't jump on those stories because it's like, look, criminality is rife all over world elites. If someone leads in a position of power in the world now, inside the church, outside the church, they probably are criminal or have criminal friends. Francis and his his closest lieutenants were were only moderately close to Rupnik. And I mean, I know you say, yeah, but that, that's not the same. It's not the same level of culpability for, for Francis. And I'm interested in Francis. Someone needs to find something Francis has done. He's done a million things, but we have to find him. And the reportage matters. People have to put it in the right light to get to rid the church of pervert Francis and all his pervert lieutenants. And you have to do that through public pressure, through not only having the right story, throwing light on the right kind of sin at the right time with the right angle. But because elites in the world, though the elites who run the world now, WEF elites like Bergoglio Francis, are so ensconced, you have to have the not just the perfect story, but you have to present, I was telling Anthony Stein this, it has to be presented the perfect time, perfect way. You have to have some luck as well. So whatever Francis has done to counter the good guys in the church, there's largely Americans. A lot of trads don't like American stuff. It's like, well, why are all of the best Catholics in America? Why are there more trads in America than anywhere? If there's not some sort of foundational residual goodness to America, that's something I would ask any trad. Why, why, why is it all in America? Why is America the main opposition to the perverts in the Vatican now? American Catholics. There's, there's an obvious answer to that. There's still something fundamentally good about America. It's not in our country's structure anymore. You know, that's that's WEF run, has been since the close of World War II, at least. But the people here that get it are really the leaders of the world. It used to be America's government was kind of the leader of the world. Now it's our people. It's our people within the church. The leaders of the Catholic world who are good are American Catholics. And Rupnik's different because it's not nearly the story. It's not nearly enough to knock out Francis. I don't know how close he was. But Fernandez, his number two, who's the number two he pretty much always wanted, 
who came up with him through the, the ranks of Prelature, who came up with him from Buenos Aires, who is like Dr. J bringing his boys up from, from the streets. They are both making a mess sexually, doctrinally together. And this has been the plan. And they, they have books. I mean, Fernandez has books of prawn. Yeah. I found a I found a safer passage to describe what's going on in chapter six with a sixteen year old girl that kind of edits out some of the more very graphic things. But Christine Christine Niles is writing. This is her tweet. She says, Chapter six of Cardinal Fernandez's explicit book involves a mystical experience of a sixteen year old girl. And then she goes on to quote some. The pa- the path oh she's quoting Catholic News News Agency here. The passage speaks of encountering Christ at the Sea of Galilee as he bathes and lies in the sand and includes the lengthy description of kissing and caressing his body from head to toe. The Blessed Mother is depicted as standing by and approvingly allowing this encounter to take place. It just can't get worse. No. That's horrible. I mean, that is the worst thing I've ever seen or heard. That's yeah, uh, well, that that's a good find that's awful. because of it. So, I mean, I guess some really low IQ folks will be in the chat going like, well, why is the good find the more satanic stuff? Well, well, you know why. This one is the best kind of find. Thank you for that, Steph and uh, Christine. It's the best find because it, it was clean enough to read. We're not going to get kicked off YouTube. The imagery was simultaneously... Uh, opaque yet explicit and it shows this man who wrote the author must be satanic it must be satanic there's not there's not really a lot of in between if this were a hollywood movie there are some scenes in um what's the russell crowe film we just watched on the exorcist uh on on uh, gabriel amorth pope's exorcist thank you there's some scenes in that where we're like, well, this is Hollywood, Old Testament people who run Hollywood uh, being filthy with our, our lady that were far less scandalous than her standing by while our Lord uh, has a sexual encounter with a, a little girl. Mary approves, watches, according to this Satanist, <laughs> Tacho Fernandez, the Satanist writes, Mary watching our Lord having a sexual encounter on the beach with an underage girl. There's there's no exaggeration here. There's no, like, I'm just trying to be clinical. The, yeah, that that's, that's the most clinical sterile you can be when you deal with this subject matter. So that was the perfect poll. I'm glad for that. I mean, the whole book is just a book of prano from start to finish. And it's it's really bad that there's any question at all that, that France is going to have to depose Fernandez. And I mean, it would just be great if this could be the knockout blow to this entire experiment. The experiment of what if the Sant Gallen Mafia, I'm, I'm thinking now of the permanent instruction of the Alta Vendita, you know, which is like, look, we got to get, we got to get one of our guys in the pontificate, even if it takes a hundred years. Clearly, clearly this is what 
the trajectory of what people like me, or I think someone like Anthony Stein, or I think a lot of the trad people you're listening to, we don't have all the behind the scenes reporting because it will never be allowed to come out. But it, it's Francis is the permanent instruction of the Alta Vendita Pope, is what's become pretty clear. And uh, I mean, I remember essentially trying to make this case to you in like fall of 2018 on TNT on Taylor Marshall's channel. Like, look, this is pretty much the permanent instruction of the Alta Vendita thing. We were doing shows on it every show. That's what the Sancti Golan Mafia is. They're the Alta Vendita Mafia. And so it, so then they get Francis in. He's been in for 11 years now. And it takes him basically almost those 11 years to get his real CDF in. Tacho, who's, been, who's written most of his documents from behind the scenes. And it's just, look, I'm going to make a mess by, by just writing. Well, he, he, Tacho didn't write it as CDF. But having a ghost author for The Joy of Sex, Christening Adultery, which is what Amoris Letizia did, The Joy of Sex, now adulterers can receive communion. After having written a book about French kissing for, for teens, he wants teens using his book to learn how to French kiss from 1995. And then his now it's come out that he has a 1998 book, The Mystical Passion, about orgasms and about uh, our Lord having a sexual encounter with a child. It's funny, I don't, I don't hear all the same univocal, one-voiced, th- you know, lusty-throated uh, cries against Pope Francis as I heard against Dennis Prager for saying, look, fictional encounters of, of child prawn should be okay. I just, I don't know what happened there. So I, you do your own research. It's an old term that, that doesn't get thrown around a lot in Catholic circles. I, I'm embarrassed to even say who the source is. Do your own research. I would always hear Glenn Beck say that when I begrudgingly listened to his show in the early 2000s. That's what Catholics need to start hearing. Because commentary is more valuable when I can just say to you, it, it's right there. You, you could go to Google as easily as I can. It's, it's awkward for me to read it. You just spend five minutes Google searching this. And then a lot of the, the commentary, which I gave today, sort of removed from the, the facts, will make more sense if you still haven't done it. But, but do a, do a five-minute Google search. And don't allow yourself to be scandalized. And you will see that there's, there's no escaping from this. I'm, that doesn't mean I'm 100% sure that Fernandez will be tossed out of his prelature. It just means he should, and it, and he will be if the story goes well. And by goes well, I mean it's properly reported. This guy has given us semi-fictional uh, narratives of child prawn with our Lord Jesus and... Um, I guess the upshot is that if Francis doesn't depose him, then he approves of it. And he probably does anyway, by the way, because of the joke made last summer by Fernandez to Francis. 
I'm sure Francis knew about it all, or else he probably wouldn't have been able to laugh at the joke. You're not going to be able to prove that. So we'll see what develops. I, I uh, On this one, I, I only hope that it's reported the right way, the punchiest way, and that Francis does feel compelled. Dare we hope. Dare we hope. Dan's Volt. I guess I should have come to you in a like a silk robe with a little pipe, like a Hugh Hef Nur pipe. I guess this is just what Catholics do now. Is this just who we are now? It's, just, it's perverts. It's, it's embarrassing. It's mortifying. It is so mortifying to be a Catholic. Don't go anywhere. It's just take your lumps, take your L's. Um, Francis is probably enjoying embarrassing us by just himself being so smutty and perverted and having nothing but a band of miscreants surrounding him in the Vatican. Take your L's, but don't go anywhere. God bless you in Deus Volt. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit.